Hello, and welcome to the Future Christian Podcast, your source for insights and ideas into what it means to live as a follower of Jesus in the 21st century. At the Future Christian Podcast, we talk to pastors, authors, and other faith leaders for helpful advice and practical wisdom to help you and your community of faith walk boldly into the future. Here's your host, Lauren Richmond Jr. Hey, and thanks for listening into the Future Christian Podcast. My name is Lauren Richmond Jr., and I'm pleased to be joined by pastor, author, and speaker Jay Baker. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Great. Great to have you. Thanks so much for your time. Looking yeah, no forward problem. to talking to you today. So Jay is the pastor and co-founder, right, of Revolution Church. Yep. Yeah. And um, have a, a pretty famous name, I guess, in some circles, right? Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. And uh, before we just, I guess I'm kind of asking you to jump right into it, but if you don't mind, share a little bit about yourself and your story for those who, are, who aren't familiar with you and, and your background. Well, um, you know, I'll go back. I'll go from here to back. Um, <laughs> I mean, right now I pastor a church called Revolution uh, Church that I've pastored for, uh, I mean, I've been a part of for 24, 25 years. Um, been pastoring it for probably 23. Um, and we originally started out as a church that just reached out to hippies and skateboard kids and people we thought were kind of being marginalized by the church and yeah. over time kind of grew and evolved into a church for a lot of people and all people, especially people who are wanting to think and have questions and a lot of doubts. Um, so I've been doing that for a long time, but I grew up, um, son of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, mm -hmm. um, who ran, uh, the PTL club and, uh, heritage USA, which was in the seventies and eighties, the biggest Christian television network mm -hmm. in the world. And they had a satellite in space and, uh, were on thousands, if not millions of different television stations and, and all over the world. Um, Heritage USA was not, I don't want to say it was a theme park, but it was probably going that way. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely like a huge Christian retreat center. There was a water park, so I guess that could be a theme. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, but my dad was trying to build a place that families could come and, mm -hmm. and kids weren't bored sitting through you know, yes, yes. talks all day long and music, you know, services, but it right. was a huge church in, in retreat center. It was Disneyland, Disney world and heritage USA in the eighties, as far as the most visited, those type of things, most visited wow. vacation spots. Um, yeah, all over the world. Um, I was raised with having to have bodyguards because people were threatening to kidnap me and wow. take my life. Um, me and my sister both. And, uh, you know, grew up on the spotlight, grew up in front of the television, grew up in front of the world. Um, and that was a quite a strange thing, especially to that that's all I knew until mm -hmm. about age 11. And what happened at 11 in 1987, uh, there was a scandal that involved my dad and mm -hmm. an affair. And other preachers came in saying they were going to help and ended up not helping and ended up taking over his church and yeah. kind of running it into the ground. And um, a couple years later, my father ended up doing five years in prison. 
And at the same time, this was all over the news. Yeah. You know, Saturday Night Live skits, every late night show, the butt of every late night show joke, um, probably the example of every Sunday service of what not to do. Um, You know, it was... uh, it was a it was a really tough road to go through uh, and a lot of shock for me at eleven yeah. to go from you know being part of my parents' church that was also my school mm-hmm. uh, where all my friends were you know most of them were employed by my family yeah in the ministry and uh, you know everybody seemed to want to be on the couch to talk to my parents on their show to being really despised by a lot of people yeah. um, and really scapegoated in a way for every mm. person who was hurt by Christianity or every Christian who yeah. wanted to find an imperfect Christian. Cause it wasn't just the Christians, you know, the Christians weren't very supportive, but then there are mm-hmm. also people outside of Christianity who were like, Oh, see, we told you this is what these people were like. Right. So it was uh, in a way I experienced scapegoating very early on in, in my life and, and, um, and in the power of the media before mm-hmm. before social media um and it's funny because you know i'm very left of left probably and uh you know so when i hear fake news i always think of trump but at right. the same time I, I i know everything you know that was printed about my parents and there was always like little bits of truth here and there and then just mm-hmm. like guess and things like that so it's kind of left me very jaded uh towards the world towards the media towards the church um and it was a, a really rough journey. I, you know, struggled with drug addiction, alcoholism. Um, luckily, nipped that in the bud pretty early on, but mm-hmm. still self-destructive and then yeah. dealing with uh, depression and things like that. But yeah, so that's kind of what where I how I grew up, and of course started a church at a very young age. I was like eighteen when we all started it together, and wow, and uh, you know. I already felt like I lived two lifetimes at that point. So yeah. I guess I was ready to do it, but yeah. So it was, you know, but looking back, I'm like, man, I can't believe that that's what happened, but that's what happened. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if you said the word, but I'm hearing the word trauma kind of in that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There is a lot. I mean, life is full of trauma. Yeah. Um, we all go through trauma. And I think the mistake we often make is we set up this kind of hierarchy of suffering. Yeah. You know, and like, well, I've suffered more because of mm-hmm. this, this, and this. You know, I've suffered more. Than but I think we all go through different types of trauma. And if we are able to mold them in a productive way, we're able to empathize with others and sympathize with others. Yeah. And, um, and that's what I've tried to do and not take, a, you know, not run the, the, the idea of, well, my suffering was as bad as yours or not as bad as yours or anything like that, but try to connect with people through suffering. Because I think suffering is just, I mean, we're all suffering right now with COVID yeah. and with, you know, all the things that are happening with the police and, mm-hmm. and, and, and racism and, and just this, it just seems like everything is just kind of going apart and yeah. coming to the, rising yeah. to the top and, and uh, we're obviously definitely as American Christians, we're in a place that we've never, or as Americans, period, we're right. in a place that none of us have ever been in before. But the yeah, world's kind of going through this through together. Yeah. 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 So, as we're recording this, it's August 27th. And I mean, I'm a big sports fan. And I was just noticing, obviously noting like the NBA postponing games in, in the playoffs because of the 
um, because of the, the shooting of Jacob Blake, right? Yeah. And yeah, I think I, I really appreciate kind of what you said about kind of trying to break away from that hierarchy of suffering. It kind of reminds me, you probably have been through many of these of like middle school church camp where everybody gets around the, the fire pit and <laughs> kind of shares their sob stories. Yeah. And especially with like younger kids, it's like who can tell like the sorriest, saddest story. <laughs> <laughs> I want a few of those. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. Or it's like when a prayer circle back, like in the yes. evangelical days, it was yeah. like, who could out pray each other? Who yeah. could say father God more, you know, or whatever. You know, it was... I don't know how you remember it, Jay, but growing up Baptist, it was like you ended a sentence on Lord God and you started it with father. Yeah. In the prayer. I would often count them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just to be like, this is driving me insane. Yeah. As a PK, PK, you get jaded pretty quick from that kind of stuff. Yeah. I can only imagine. I mean, I can especially remember watching people pray with like other pastors praying with my dad and I would just be like, Oh my gosh, these guys are just going for it. You know, what is, uh, what is it meant? What, I mean, this is a loaded question here, so forgive me, but Name something if you can. Like, what looks differently for you now, being a Christian, than what it was in your in your past? Oh, for gosh, everything. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I mean, I would say God, the devil, mm-hmm. hell, heaven, theology, the Bible, community, mm. the church. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. quite a bit to be honest with you yeah you know it was a journey over time so these things you know maybe deconstructed themselves i i honestly don't like the word deconstruction because i feel like theology is a natural deconstruction oh and it should be yeah um and if it's not and it's stale um and and then there's not not a lot of growth that takes place no evolution Mm -hmm. um but yeah those things definitely happened over time Mm mm-hmm just so nobody's listening, going like, oh, when, when am I going to get the big change? It's like, no, it just kind of, yeah, lots of studying. Yeah. Has there been a spiritual practice that you've developed or would recommend to others? Um, you know, not as much as uh, some good therapy, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. Um, I, I went through this therapy a few years ago called uh, DBT, Dialectic Behavioral Therapy. And um, it really has allowed me to live my life hmm. and be less of a people pleaser and less afraid of confrontation. And those were things more in my personal life than in my public life. My public life, I was a little bit easier to be confrontive and, and, mm-hmm. and, and to deal with those type of things for some reason. Yeah. Um, probably cause I grew up so much in the, the public, but yeah. Um, but really got some great skills that were our, our, our ways to deal with coping skills that are really uh, productive Mm -hmm. that aren't necessarily um, destructive, you know, like rather than going in on like eBay and spending a thousand dollars to feel better. Yeah. I can, you know, allow thoughts to pass by or, you know, not allowing suicide to be the out, Hmm. you know, a lot of times when you suffer from depression, you think, well, if things don't get better by this point, yeah. I'll just take my life, you know, and you're like, so that'll give me some peace. And it does for a little while, but then realizing that, you know, I actually tried to take my life and I'm very grateful that it didn't succeed. Um, Mm -hmm. 
you know, so that, that's something that's not very healthy and not great for anyone. Um, so I've learned ways to kind of cope with those things, to deal with dark feelings, to, to process them well. So that's helped a lot. Um, you know, it's funny, you ask a pastor that and you think I'd have a, an answer that was inside, yeah. inside the church. No. Um, you know, spiritual practices for me are, 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 is like, am I working on loving my neighbor better as myself? Yeah. Am, yeah. I, am, I, am I thinking critically? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, am I, in this day and age, everybody wants you to have an opinion really quick. Yes. And, uh, that's, that's, for me, it's a little bit dangerous when you don't have all the facts. Yeah. And, um, but it can also make, it also can seem like you're, you're being silent hmm. on particular doubt. issues. Yeah. Especially very difficult issues that we're going through right now. Yeah. Um, but I think we have to have time to reflect and look on things as well as we go through them and uh, but also support those voices that are able to speak out uh, uh, right away too. If, if we're able to find people that are, that are doing really great work. So, so yeah, so that's, that's, those are just different things that I try to use in my own life that help me grow more um, studying, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be theology or philosophy or even listening critically to music and, and, documentaries and films and things yeah. like that. So those are all important things to me. What do you think, this is kind of off topic here, but why do you think like therapy has been such, so frowned upon in Christianity traditionally, especially in like evangelical fundamentalist Christianity? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, in some ways I feel like it's, it's being naive Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not seeing God through everything. It's seeing like it's the us and them mentality of seeing yeah. like, well, what we're doing is holy yeah. and right, and that's of the world, mm-hmm. and not realizing that God is if God is infinite or the ground of being, then God right. is woven through all these things. And um, you know that kind of us and them mentality, I think, has really made it negative and, and thinking like, Oh, well, I would have to go to somebody else to help me with my problems and not God. And then they created Christian counseling, of course, cause we always have to do something and put Christian <laughs> on it. Yeah. You know? And, and I found that often, unfortunately the quality of Christian counseling, I'm not going to say it's always bad, but a lot of times it is, yeah. is, is not as good. Um, so <clears throat> I think that I think, you know, and I think it's people who are really trying to be faithful. I don't think it was out of spite or anything. Yeah, I think it's yeah, people yeah, yeah. who are just like, well, Jesus says he's going to heal us. So we should be healed by a, a prayer or by faith, right. not by works or not by this other person. But um, I think that's sad because then we end up not using all the tools that are provided for us and that are before us. Yeah. Um, I often think about that a lot in my family context. and. I don't want to share too much for the sake of my family. <laughs> uh, this is not quite fair then, is it? I'm asking you to share about your family. I'm <laughs> sharing about mine. I know. You got to have boundaries. It's important. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I have many, it, but I've learned over time it's good to have a few <laughs> private things in your yeah, life. Yeah. But I think about like, you know, I think about folks in my family, like their desire to be better in their relationships, yet they just – Conservative Christianity doesn't provide enough tools to do so. And, right. you know, that's where, to me, I'm like, let's, let's look beyond those Christian walls or 
even conservative Christian well, walls. And mental health is kind of like looked upon strangely. I mean, it's yeah. better now than it yeah. has ever been, but yeah. it's still, you know, and it's looked at as a very individualistic type of thing often is like, oh, it's about the person and not about the people, but it's really mm -hmm. is about the people. It's about if yeah. I learn some th things about myself, I'm going to be a better friend, a right. better partner, a yep. better parent, uh, a better speaker, a better communicator, a better person at my mm -hmm. job. Um, so it really is something that really affects the whole community yeah. um, for a human being. So I think it is, is sad. Um, but I think the things that we see like scandals with my dad and scandals mm -hmm. with, you know, preachers over time that, you know, there might've been some therapy, uh, some people who probably could have helped them help these mm -hmm. folks through some of this stuff and to see things more clearly and uh, not allow them to be self be put up on pedestals. Yeah. Um, it seems like some of the basic things of, of therapy allow you to realize these, these warning signals. And I think we could use more of it. So, I mean, we're literally, we literally saw that this week again, as we're recording with Jerry Fall Jr. Right. Yeah. You I know, mean, you see somebody who's raised mm -hmm. in this their whole life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think, you know, the, the biggest thing is, 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 you know, just the hypocrisy of it is what I think we should be, yeah, you know, yeah. if we're going to be like, you know, this is what's being exposed. It's right. mostly the hypocrisy of right. the fact that like he wouldn't have been able to be a student of his own school yeah. that he was running, Yeah, you know, um, the fact of what happened in, in, with him and his right. wife and the other stuff to me is like, you know, that's, that's not great stuff, but that's not what I want to focus on. Mm -hmm. What I want to focus on is that it's, it's the hypocrisy there that I think makes us all disillusioned Yeah, and, and is, is, is the, is the problem. Um, you know, but there's someone who could probably have used more therapy, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was raised in a home of a televangelist and a pastor and it was tough, but you know, you live through it, but you know, he, he was raised under Jerry Falwell as your dad must've been insane. And then <laughs> to have nepotism yeah. in the church, which I always think is a bizarre thing. And I grew up in the assemblies of God. So nepotism in the church was a huge thing, mm. um, you know, to pass down to family members and not the most qualified person, right. the person right. who has your last name also adds a whole nother complex level mm -hmm. to it. Um, you know, so I mean, there's so many different factors yeah. there. And, and you'd, I do look at somebody when I've heard his interviews or him talk, that's like, sounds like someone who's just really tired mm. and someone who may be, may be abusing medication. I don't know, but someone who's tired and worn out and probably needs to be away. Mm. Um, and maybe someone who's disillusioned. That's very easy to, when you grow up in faith and it becomes your job mm -hmm. and it's also a mantle that you're picking up Right to have a hard time realizing, you know, to decipher what it is. You know, is this my faith? Mm -hmm. Is this my job? Is this my convictions? Is this how yeah. I make money? Is yeah. this, you know, is this purpose? I don't even know because I haven't had any other purpose, and I've been told my whole life this is my purpose. You know, wow. and, and what does this look like? And how does my morality work into this? Hmm. And and I think every individual has dark moments and a lot of times for these bigger preachers we get to focus in on their their darker the their darkest moments that yeah. none of us would want exposed yeah and um because i think we're all contradictions we all hold contradiction <laughs> within ourselves yeah you know um so i think 
that's a heavy place. It's a heavy place. And mm-hmm. so for me, you know, with truly trying to love someone who may not necessarily have been my enemy, but his father felt like it, my enemy at one time, mm-hmm. um, trying to love them and show as much grace and, and try to understand and try to have some empathy towards them. Um, but at the same time, understanding like, you know, if you can't follow the rules that you're putting on everybody else, then there's, there's, there's an issue. Mm-hmm. Now I'm kind of going off the rails here, but I want to stay on this. That's topic. fine. This, this kind of, I feel like what we're talking around is like this celebrity pastor culture. Yeah. That's so prevalent in evangelicalism. So there's a two part question, I guess, is like, what are your thoughts on it? You know, growing up, you know, the son of a celebrity pastor. And then, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want to toot your horn here, but I mean, you're, you're kind of a celebrity and yourself. How have, how have you avoided those same pitfalls that so often befall celebrity pastors? Well, you know, there's something about like, there's a difference, I think, between celebrity pastors now mm-hmm. and or gospel Hollywood, as I used to call it. <laughs> um, uh, and then, and then, you know, it's like, I feel like people like Jimmy Swagger, you know, he started out as kind of like a street preacher. And, yeah, Jimmy Swagger. And, and I think of people, people like my dad, mm-hmm. mom, who started off as children's pastors. Mm. And they were just having, they were just kind of following capitalism and the American dream in a way of like, yeah. how do I reach more people? How do I make this better? And you're always told you've got to reach more people for Jesus. You right, know, that's right, the goal. right. And I think they all just, some of these guys just became celebrities because they were, they had innovations, you know, they're mm-hmm. like, well, let's use TV just like every, right. But he's using podcasts now yeah. <laughs> and social media, you know, it, yep. people act like it's like this big different thing. Like I would never be a televangelist, but have right. you followed my podcast and got me up on, <laughs> you know, and supported us on what is that? Patreon. Yeah. yeah. Got on our Patreon. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you I'm give certain money, you get Find something. Me on Podbean. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. And then you, you know, we'll give you some exclusive content. And you're like, well, what's that different than the much different than the prayer cloth? You know. Oh, this um, is great, so, Jay. This is great. Yeah, so, so it, it's very similar. And I think that's what's funny is that sometimes we don't even realize that we're living within into the yeah. hypocrisy ourselves yes. and things. Are oh, I would never. And then they go, oh, wait a second. Yeah. Um, you know, so. So I think those guys all kind of just blew up. And I, my parents were not great business people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They were just yeah. all of a sudden had millions of people watching them because they were like, oh, we'll buy mm-hmm. a couple of video cameras and we'll be on this show and then we'll try to do this. And then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And I, so I don't think the goal for someone like a Jerry Falwell or Jim Lee Swagger or Oral Roberts or all those people were like, oh, I'm going to be a famous person one day. Yeah. You know, and now I think there are a lot of people who are my age and younger are able to be like, Oh, I can become successful doing this. Right. You know, it's not necessarily just like I can reach more people this way. It's like, Oh, I can make a really good living doing this and be well known. And so I think the dynamics change a little bit to, um, to the goal all of a sudden becoming fame rather than the goal becoming how many people can I reach? Yeah. So I think the goal has changed a little bit and, um, I guess we could say like the, you know, like your parents, certainly Jerry Falwell and this, like, as far as like starting like a Christian university, not yeah. just a Bible college, um, like they were kind of like you'd say early adapters, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, they were all, all those were doing starting private schools mm-hmm. and like tiny colleges. And then more people started to come. Right. You know, I mean, it just these things, they evolved into these huge, these huge mega churches and these masses, you know. And now it's like you can have someone like Rob Bell come along and he doesn't have to start off as like a youth pastor and a puppet pastor or whatever. He just yeah. starts off. And then in a few months, he's got a mega church, right. you know. And I think he's be, did that because he's just a phenomenal communicator. Right, so I, yeah. I don't, I don't have anything against Rob Bell at all. But yeah, um, but you know, so I, it just the, everything changed. You know, then megachurches became this normal thing, and now you kind of mm-hmm. see people who are just know what they're doing, and they become these huge mega pastors. And not that everybody's out for fame or not, um, but I, I definitely think if you kind of watch people, you can kind of get a feeling for you know, where they're at. Yeah. You know, um, and some of these guys make a, a killing on Yeah. It, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, you have the preachers and sneakers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I've avoided it probably by making big stands, mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and by saying things that aren't popular. Yeah. Um, and not willing to always give in to, uh, buzz mm-hmm. moments you know um you know do, do, do i want to write books and sell books and do things like that oh, yeah of course i do you know right. i mean that's that i want to tell people about what i'm thinking and, and and i and i feel lucky to have been able to do things like that and that people care about what i have to say and that i am able to encourage people um you know uh would i like to be able to make a comfortable living at what i do yeah yeah you know, i mean right now i have a uh a co-pastor and train and you know he's completely volunteers and makes pizzas mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. and i'm barely you know making ends meet you know yeah. so i mean it's that's 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 also the reality so just having a few books and having podcasts and stuff too don't obviously don't equal equal yeah money either yeah so yeah. it's 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 funny you i don't know it's a strange world it's funny you mentioned preachers and sneakers I'll look at that on Instagram and kind of do the math of their outfits. I'm like, that's, that's about my, you know, add that up with 52 weeks. That's my salary. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, it's funny. I think we all do that. Yeah. And so I kind of have this weird kind of mixed emotions about preachers and sneakers, you know, cause mm-hmm. I see it and go like, you know, and one way it's like, I look at it and go like, Oh, this is a way for me to feel better about myself and judge people who are more successful <laughs> at doing what I do. <laughs> Um, you know, and, uh, and otherwise I'm like, you know, these are human beings who, you know, I don't know what's going on in their lives. I don't know what the lack is in their life. I don't know what, what having a pair of, you know, Yeezys, Kanye, Kanye West sneaker shoes is, is, is doing to make them feel complete and whole. Hmm. Um, you know, I'm lucky that I grew up better attitude than me, Jay. Well, I mean, I grew up punk rock. So like for me, having a pair of Dickies makes me feel cool. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm just lucky enough to be like, I like cheap shit because that's, you know, the, 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 the community that I'm in, you know what I mean? I'm not in a community. I know I'm not a sneaker head, but I very well could have been. Yeah. Um, Folks on the pod cannot see this. Jay is literally wearing a Dickies hat right now. Oh yeah, that's right. And I've had this thing for over 20 years. That's a good hat. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Quality hat. Yep. So, you know, um, if I had a million dollars, would I, I'd drive probably a a better car Mm -hmm. and have a, you know, maybe a, a 
a nicer apartment. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I would go much nicer because I'm kind of a that Henry Rollins mindset of like, this could all end tomorrow type of thing. Yeah. So I just want to be like to have enough to just live because I'm just comfortable being in my own place and going to a coffee shop and I don't feel like I require that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm running out of room for tattoos. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll have a lot more jewelry or like a lot more silver. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Jay's showing me his his jewelry and his tattoos <laughs> on his hands. We need to have this a video podcast here, but um, yeah, it makes me think too of like again when the preachers and sneakers. Something I've noticed, and I'm curious your thoughts on this too. Kind of this, I'm noticing this kind of like like Christianity is like a like my faith is represented by like the clothes, my status. Like Christianity is like a status symbol. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a, definitely been that in the past. I think as it continues to be so split mm-hmm. that it, you know, and so diverse now that it's not as much of a status symbol as it used to be. Yeah. Um, because you have a lot of progressive Christians out there speaking, and you have a lot mm-hmm. of conservative Christians out there speaking and saying very different things, and right. unfortunately, judging each each other on like who's the real Christian or not. Yeah, that's good. To me, that's that's a game I don't care to be in. Yeah. Um, I can tell you who I think has shit theology. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to, you know, try to judge somebody's salvation based on who they voted for or yeah. you know, what they're teaching. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like, you know, too, like I've known some of the guys that have been on Preachers and Sneakers mm-hmm. and like met with some of them and talked to some of them, you know, and and you know and some of them i'm like ugh, you know mm-hmm. and then other ones i've been like you know i know this guy like if you asked him for his tennis shoes right now he would take them off his feet and give them to you wow and i just know that this is the type of culture that he grew up in and this is a form of him fulfilling something in their life and i also know he has a congregation of like ten thousand. yeah and i know he's putting in a ton of work during the week and i know he's freaking a talented pastor a talented communicator mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> And, and works just as hard as anybody else, you know, yeah. and, and happens to be successful at it. Um, w- you know, if I was the owner of the church, you know, and, yeah. and, and like the, the, the Pope of, of, of evangelicalism, maybe I would be like, all right, we're going to have a cap on what <laughs> everybody can make, yeah. you know, um, I'd be like the communist leader of the church. Hey, that's, now I don't have to ask you that question later on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That was a question. <laughs> I, 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 I peaked. No, it's but, great. But no, I mean, that's the idea, you know, that idea of like, you know, maybe we don't need to have that much money, you know, maybe mm-hmm. it could be on a sliding scale. Like yeah. if you're a pastor in New York, you're on this sliding scale. <laughs> yeah. If you're a pastor in Iowa, you're on this sliding scale. So I think there's only so much you need to live, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and not realize, I don't know if some of those pastors realize that there's other pastors like me and yourself who see that and look at a pair of shoes and a jacket and something and go like, oh man, that's two months of my rent. <laughs> You know, like, do you think, you know, because part of me wants yeah. to be like, could I just write them a letter and be like, hey, could you instead of buying sneakers next month, pay my mm-hmm. rent? Yeah. Or, um, you know, or just give like, that give money me- to other churches that are trying to do stuff. Or just give know? me those old sneakers and then I can sell them. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'll sell them. <laughs> could you sign them and then I'll sell them? <laughs> you know, it's like, could you just send us a new computer yeah. or, you know, yeah. new sound equipment yeah. or, you know, pay my co-pastor or, yeah, yeah I mean, you know, you know, but 
I think if you take it for face value and you have a laugh at it, it's great. I, I think it becomes kind of weird when we sit there and we're sitting on our judgment seats, not knowing like the complexity seats, of people. Though. I like those. Yeah, no, it feels great to be like, oh, you know, you know, look at me. I'm, yeah, I don't want to wear shoes like that. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like me judging people when I go out to a bar and seeing people drink. Well, I've been in a, you know, I've been in recovery for 20 some odd years. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, they haven't. Yeah. Um, and not that I judge people when they drink or whatever, but yeah. I'm just saying, you know, it's just easy to. It's easy to, to judge people. Yeah. It's e- so easy to judge people. And, and the reason it's, e- it's easier to judge people than to think critically and to try to empathize and try to understand. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and, and humans are humans, whether you're a pastor or a construction worker or cook, or we're all human beings going through life and dealing with mental health mm-hmm. and dealing with things that we don't even know our unconscious is yeah. doing to us and saying to us. And, you know, often trying to fill a lack that's not there. And, um, you know, my mom loved to shop, you know, she loved to shop, but she didn't like expensive stuff. I mean, she would, I mean, if you gave her a diamond ring, I'm sure she'd love yeah, it, but, yeah. but she liked to go to like, you know, target and tj maxx and always hunting for bargains you know but she shopped a lot and i felt mm-hmm. like in a way she was kind of trying to fulfill something yeah you know uh, that was that maybe was missing yeah. you know but we all don't have great therapists in our life to point those things out to us so yeah. i mean i think we have to carry a lot of grace yeah i mean i know i folks. eat a lot of mcdonald's because like mcdonald's growing up for me was like a rarity <laughs> Right, right. I fully yeah, know what I'm doing, circle. but I still want to do it. Well, Jay, like you've been awesome here. I've been just like throwing things at you with like no no regard for what we were going to talk about. <laughs> no, so that's okay. I, I want like to talk a little bit about like your church and your work mm-hmm. here for a couple minutes. Um, but quickly tell us like the story of like Revolution Church, what it's about, why I started a church, that kind of thing. Um. Revolution has just been my work for so long. Um, you know, like I said, it started out before basically in an Assembly of God church with me and a few friends wanting to start a, something that was basically a cooler alternative to normal Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of still like hip Christianity, you know, yeah. but it was like, we're punks, you know, we're hippies and skateboarders. Um, but over time, it evolved into a different message. And for me, you know, grace really floored me. And mm-hmm. the idea of, of, of grace was something that I wasn't raised with that message being taught. I saw it sometimes, but I mm-hmm. wasn't really sure what it was. And I definitely didn't think it was from God. Um, and so this idea of uh, grace really floored me. So I, that's why I continued in it. Or well, I took some time off from Revolution. Actually, I took about a year off. Mm-hmm. But when I started to understand grace, I I felt like I needed to go back into the church and I needed to tell people about it because I felt like it was lacking in the church. I felt like it was lacking from my experience with my parents and their fall yeah. and not seeing people do restoration or you know people mm-hmm. talk about restoration, but I just never saw it in action. Yeah, and so I was like, you know, if these gigantic televangelists screw up and they're whole life is completely to the point where they lose everything you know what's happening to the pastor you know in north you know the yeah in north virginia or whatever and you know or 
when they mess up, you know, what are they doing? And then I started meeting a lot of those folks and realizing that, you know, a lot of them have to go learn trades and do certain things like that. Yeah. And that restoration wasn't something that was happening in people's lives, even on a, just a normal church attendance level. So, Mm -hmm. so the idea of grace really, really hit me hard and I wanted to talk about it and, and tell people about it. And I knew I would get pushed back. So I just, I studied everything I could on, on, on the concept of grace and not just like books about grace, but what grace meant in the Bible, what was the foundation of this mm-hmm. message. You know, Galatians is really uh, a, a giant point for the, uh, the ideas of grace, mm-hmm. uh, the book of Galatians. Um, so, you know, I just really took those things in and tried to create a place for people to come and hear about it. And mostly it was, you know, Christians at the beginning and, and yeah. evangelicals and yeah. young people. Um, but over the time I started, people started coming who weren't involved in the church or didn't want to be involved in the church. And mm-hmm. there was always this idea of, I think friendship evangelism was something I heard a lot early on, you know, and uh, I liked the concept, but I felt like it was a bit dishonest. Yeah. You know? You know, it was like friendship with the with with an agenda. Right, right. And so for me, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to live my life as a pastor, and I'm going to pick a community. This was in Atlanta. I'm going to pick a community to be a part of, mm-hmm. and I am going to build friendships. But I'm going to take out the evangelism part. I'm just mm-hmm. going to be a part of a community. Yeah, I'm not going to create a community. Revolution Church will not be a community. Revolution Church will be a part of a community. Mm. And that was the idea was to just do that. And um, for quite a few years, that's what we did was we were just a part of a community. We put on shows. They started, you know, a lot of the shows, a lot of the venues started being shut down. So we would um, do bands. We would do just general market bands and Christian bands together. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting and we would yeah. pack this place out and have shows and i would actually ask the christians uh christian bands not to preach and a lot of times they would be really mad at me for it but i was just like <laughs> yeah i'm like we're we're here to have fun and hang yeah. out and be a community and you know if they want to hear preaching we give them a chance to come to service you know mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. what we're doing you know right yeah. now we're just trying to provide a place where people could come and hang out and not fight and not lose another spot so um those were some of the ideas of, of, of why to do that and how we could just better serve our community in a way that was loving and graceful and show a different type of, of Christian basically is like, this is just, you know, at least let people have a better idea of what Christianity could be. And if they were drawn to that, great. If they weren't, that was okay too. Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of been the, the kind of the main idea for the past years is just, you know, and as my, my theology has completely evolved and changed um, Mm -hmm. over time, but still that concept of just, you know, that's why we meet in a bar, you know, meet in places like that now. And it's just, you know, finding common ground and finding a common area where we could all come together and and you don't have to believe a certain thing. You don't have Mm -hmm. to think a certain thing. You don't have to be a certain political party. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, everyone is welcome and, um, and usually everyone is affirmed, you know? So that's the other thing is, is, is different, I think, than most places. Uh, so, and, and as far as the question of why to start a church, Mm -hmm. 
Um, I could give you a lot of reasons why not to start a church. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's you know, I mean, I've I've had you know, I was doing it as long as I've done, and I've seen the ins and outs and the ups and downs, and it's 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 a very extremely hard job. Um, yeah. It's 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 human beings are messy. Mm-hmm. Uh, people die. Uh, people get angry. Uh, mm-hmm. People move on. Um, you know, also, you have build a lot of beautiful relationships and things like that as well. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of great to it as well. But um, for me right now is, you know, we have a community with the idea of hoping to help people grow in grace and think, mm-hmm. think more, think mm-hmm. deeply, and um, to, to help people think more critically is kind of what the goal is for revolution right now is, is to let people know that, you know, it's okay to have questions. It's okay to have doubts. Uh, and part of that is, is, is making sure that we're, we're, we're thinking through those things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the majority of our community is online. So like me talking to you right now is, yep. well, I mean, because of COVID is how I'm talking to everybody. Right. But also that's the majority of, of our congregation is online. So when we, you know, we do another podcast, called meet your congregation where we actually interview people from all over the world about why they attend revolution and what they're doing with their lives and what's going on. Uh, so the community can kind of get to know each other, um, you know, but for me, uh, having had a lot of success and having had very little success, um, mm-hmm. I don't feel as driven by success. I'm not driven by finances. Yeah. Um, I'm driven by the fact that this is my passion and my heart and, and, uh, and my art yeah. as well. So, um, you know, you know, I'm, I have to make sacrifices in order to do what I do, but yeah. I do what I love. And so it's worth the sacrifices that I make in order to be able to do this work. That's good. Has that, you mentioned grace and, and kind of doubting or the, the ability to think it, cause I was going to ask you like, what are these things that are, connecting people to your church and and i think about some of the some of my audience here is kind of mainline churches uh who are trying to lean into that progressive evangelical sphere and trying to attract some of those ex-evangelicals and and also like progressive churches what do you think i mean what would be your advice for churches in that in that sphere to like is there a way to reach those ex-evangelicals with a message of grace and you know freedom to doubt and to think or like do you think they just still need to just you know they don't want to be they want to be left alone if that makes sense like they've been well, harassed by the church i think the thing is 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 just how can you be transparent with what you believe hmm. and what you struggle with and how can you bring that transparency to the table and if you know, people are attracted to that. Great. You know, like, what are you, are you following your heart? You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. different churches do different things and provide different stuff, you know, like some have like really great worship. Some have really great outreach stuff. Some have some really great LGBTQ work, Mm -hmm. you know, is, is, is following what your convictions are, what your passions are. Mm -hmm. And, and hopefully like, if you do that, people will be attracted to what you're doing. Yeah. You know, and, and for me, I think the mistake that the evangelical church has made in the past, like even with the emergent church, when I was, I was a part of the yeah, emergent church yeah. for a long time, you know, there was a time where we were all getting these 
big gigs and, and, and getting invited to speak at these huge things. But it was the idea of they thought that we had some sort of system to right. draw people in. Yeah. You know, like, oh, well, if we do couches instead of chairs <laughs> and we sit in a circle instead yep. of looking facing forward, you mm-hmm. know, like they thought that there was, this was the magic part of it. And it's like, yep. well, no, those were just kind of things that came along with the fact that we all had questions right. that weren't, an- that might not be answerable or that we were looking for. And we just were uncomfortable with the hierarchy structure of the church. And so we just tried to get rid of that. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, because I remember going to some church, speaking at some churches, I'm like, oh, yeah, we've got this great worship band. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, like, it's cool that these people come. Oh, they don't come to the church. We actually hire them to come in. <laughs> yeah. And then finding yeah. out the guy who's like, we worship you. We love you, Jesus. It's not even a Christian. Right. You know what I mean? And it's kind of putting on a show just to bring people in. And I'm just like, yeah. this seems a little bit strange to me. Yeah. Um. You know. To even ask somebody to do that, I can't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't be like, yeah. "Hey, listen, can you come in and pretend to worship Jesus so we can get some people <laughs> to come in?" Um, yeah. You know, so it's always like this: What's the new thing? What can mm-hmm. we do to get people? You know, hit, you know, get people to come in and think we're hip. You know, I mean, I think that might be some of the preachers and sneakers thing. Is they're like, "Well, man, if people think yep. I look cool, they'll want to yep. come and yep. hang out with someone." Like, you can be cool and be a Christian, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you know, I think you can be cool and be a Christian, but you've also got to, you know, realize that there's, you know, I think we're not always very clear on certain things of what Christianity is and isn't. And we're Mm -hmm. not very clear about what dying to self is and picking Mm -hmm. up your cross and, and what loving your enemy actually looks like. I mean, those is where the rubber hits the road, you know? And, and if loving your, if having a pair of Jordans on helps you love your enemy better, (laughs) man, get every color, get every color. Matter of fact, send me a pair of Jordans because if that helps, I can use it. Love it. You know, um, and my enemy is going to be like, hey, man, I thought you were a jerk, but I saw those Jordans. <laughs> I'm like, all right, buddy, let's have a conversation, you know. Um, oh, but, yeah, no, I mean, I just think there's this idea that there's like, what can we do to hook people in? And I think what you can do is you can embrace your contradictions, embrace your faults, mm-hmm. embrace your humanity, and love people to the best of your ability. And, and, and I think you can maybe draw people in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just, I mean, yeah, you have to sell yourself a little bit here and there, but you know, it's like, everybody's got a podcast, do a podcast, yep. do a few certain things. And if people see like what you have, mm-hmm. good on you, you know, but if you're realizing that you're having to manipulate people to come or manipulate people to give, yeah, I think then it's time to go like, you know, what's, what's my goal here is my goal to have a, a, a big community of people right? or is my goal here to help people work out life's issues, you know, and life's problems and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have the answers. I, I would definitely never write a book on church growth. Um, you know, I always said that revolution is um, unorganized religion um, <laughs> just because we're not very, we're not very good at organization. Yeah. And, uh, and in some ways, nor would we want to be, but in other ways we really would like to be, you know, mm. I mean, have some things that are a little bit more organized. Well, great. Let's take a break uh, real quick and we'll come back for some closing questions. All right, we're back with Jay Baker and uh, we, we'll we skip the Pope for a day question. You kind of answered that. Okay. Do you have a theologian or a Christian figure you'd want to like bring back to life or meet? Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. 
I would love to sit down and, and, and speak with him for a little bit. I, I, you know, this, even this past week or two, yeah. you know, I got to the point where I just didn't want, yeah, I just, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Hmm. You know, um, I, you know, with the Jerry Falwell's, junior scandal you know coming up here now or in august and um you know i have people comparing my dad their fall to this fall yeah which is bizarre and had some people say some really old accusations and old gossip and and Mm -hmm. and took it for the the rule or that it was facts because they read it in the newspaper or read it in wikipedia and Mm -hmm. And for me, it was <clears throat> kind of hurtful, yeah. especially because some of those folks are, are people I know and, and are friends with and are my contemporaries. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then I, I, Bernice King, I follow Bernice King on Twitter and I just went over to her Twitter and, and just read some stuff that she had written and then some stuff about her dad and mm-hmm. uh, about Dr. King and, I mean, the man was just so capable of loving his enemies yeah, and putting himself within danger and, yeah. and not demanding his own way um, in order to talk to those who literally were killing and lynching his, his brothers and sisters and trying mm-hmm. to kill him and eventually did take yeah. his life. And when I look at someone like Dr. King, I feel like I see Christ in, embodied. You know, yeah. King was a human. Right, right. And had faults like anybody else. And, um, but his ability to, to do his work and, and do the work he did and, and carried on for the 30 some odd years of his life um, keeps me in check and reminds me that it's possible to, to, you know, I could never reach that level, but, but it's, but it's work that's worth it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and 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 not having to go in and say, well, this didn't happen or that didn't happen. I mean, you know, trying mm-hmm. to not, I mean, I'd maybe did a little bit of that, but, you know, trying not to do that and just love people and, 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 and realize that there's a bigger picture. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think Martin Luther King Jr. wrote, has provided us with the best roadmap on how to do, how to follow Christ hmm. um, through his work. And I, I think uh, that that would be for me some, and he was also brilliant and he loved theology right? right, right. Uh, and he loved Paul Tillich and I love Paul Tillich, yeah. and, you know, so I would get a chance to chat with him about that as well. And yeah, I, I want to point out your ground of being quote here earlier on. So Oh yeah, I love that. He was so, Paul Tillich was brilliant. Thinking about, we find ourselves in such a time of disruption to the world, to our nation, like we talked about, to the church. Any sense, like, a like what people remember us for, or conversely, like what people, what church will look like, Christianity will look like in hundreds of years later down the road. You know, I mean. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people think of Christianity and they think of hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not all of the church's fault for that. Um, but the fact that we often with 
rejoice when this type of hypocrisy comes out, especially if it's someone not in not our, our own, team, yeah. not on our team, you know? Um, yeah. I think we add to that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, imagine if everybody just in the church, every time they saw someone make a mistake, we all ran to help that person and help that community. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had some sort of organization set up to do that, that moved out uh, with outside of, 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 of uh, denominational walls. How yeah. cool would that be? Um, but I think, you know, we'll be remembered for things like that. I'm sure my family played a part in that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that seems to be what people focus on. You know, we focus on these moments of, of failure and hypocrisy and we miss out on probably the majority of the stuff that was good. Hmm. You know, so a lot of the good stuff that happened or we become blind to the bad theology, you know, because of it too. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, to me, it's like, you know, the fall with things bad, but you know, there's also a ton of people in a school that they, they get fined if they spend the night with someone of the same sex or if they do something, right. you know what I mean? It's like, maybe we need to be looking at things like this as well. Um, so, you know, what will the church look like in a few hundred years? I have, I have no idea. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it'll still, it sh- hopefully will still be around. Uh-huh. Um, you know, but I think it will look different. Yeah. I think it will look completely different. I mean, it's already looked different now just right. because of what COVID's done. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Best of luck to you if you're listening in the future. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jay, where can people find out more about you and your work? Um, well, then go to revolutionchurch.com, um, which needs a bit of an updating, but then go there. All our podcasts are free online anywhere you listen to podcasts, which is Revolution Church. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an R with wing logo because I'm sure we're not the only one that's called Revolution Church. Yeah. Um, so that's available. I'm on Twitter is Jay Baker, two mm-hmm. K's in my name. Um, also on Instagram and also on Facebook. Um, I do a lot of stuff in those places as well and talk mm-hmm. about a lot of stuff. Hopefully I'll be speaking more uh, in the future when the, when the world, if the world ever gets back to normal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they can find me in those places and awesome. I have a few books out that you can find in different places. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate yeah. uh, it. It's great getting a chance to talk to you. So, uh, I My pleasure. Say, I always people leave people with a word of peace. So, peace be with you. Also with you. Thanks for joining us on the Future Christian Podcast. To learn more about Lauren or the podcast, visit future-christian.com. But hey, before you go, do us a favor, subscribe to the podcast, and leave a review. It really helps us get the word out to more people. Thanks, and go in peace.